Hello and welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today we have a real treat today. Uh, we have the Deputy Commissioner for the Big Sky Conference, Dan Satter, on with us today. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm doing great, Mitch. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. So first off, I just want to say, as you can tell from what I wear, I'm a big fan of Big Sky Sports. So what is it like to have the job of Deputy Commissioner for such a cool conference in college football? Or not college football, college sports in general. Yeah, I appreciate you asking that, uh, and, and certainly I've uh, quickly in my almost three years here become a big, big Sky fan as well. Uh, it's, it's really just such an awesome conference, such a, a neat grouping of schools in uh, such a fantastic part of the country, and you know I think we've got a, a shared vision and a mission and a focus on what we're trying to accomplish in intercollegiate athletics and some of the most scenic places, you know, I've ever seen, certainly. So when you roll all those factors together with fine institutions that are all state universities and they mean a lot to their states, you know, I think that's a really important part of what makes the Big Sky so special uh, because these schools matter so much to the citizens of their states uh, that we, we are able to, I think, have a significant impact on not only the participants in intercollegiate athletics, but the fans and alumni as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm coming from Montana and MSU and U of M, we eat, sleep and breathe their athletics, especially their football, but just all their athletics. We support them day in and day out. And I know that that's the case in other states too. So that's awesome. So <clears throat> I saw during the national championship, that there is some, and I'm going to probably get the name of it wrong, College National Bowl or something like that. And Northern Arizona is, I think, number four or five in that ranking. What does it mean to have a Big Sky school so high up in a ranking with other Division One schools that are really prestigious? Sure. I, I believe what you're referring to is the Director's Cup. Yeah, And, thank and you. that's uh, <laughs> run by NACTA. It's an organization that manages a lot of professional development opportunities for college athletics administrators. But one of the other things they do and have done for 30 plus years is develop this point system, a scoring system to grade out the overall success of each athletic department so that it's not just based on football or basketball. You know, certainly those get the most attention, uh, as we all know, but it incorporates every sport that a, a athletic department offers and how they fared in that respective NCAA championship. And so Northern Arizona is the national champion in men's cross country. They have an unbelievable program uh, run there by Michael Smith and won their fourth title in five years here this fall. And again, that's the national champion, not just the big sky champion. They are that as well um, from this past fall, but you know, that just proves to show that big sky schools can compete with the best of the best and win national titles. It's certainly something that that we celebrate and recognize. And, you know, they've done an amazing job in Flagstaff and developing and perpetuating that program, uh, because now, you know, not only at our meet, but everywhere they run, they have the target on their back. Uh, but, you know, that that program is really special. And, uh, you know, again, it just shows what is possible in the big sky conference that's so cool and it's really cool to see the other sports get some national recognition i mean again i'm from montana so i know that msu has a very big rodeo and skiing program too 
So, I mean, it's really cool to see the other sports other than football and basketball get recognition too. Yeah, it's a great point you make there too of, of what some of the other sports the Bobcats have where uh, not just in football, they're able to, to be among, if not the best uh, in the nation. So, you know, when, when you focus on something that really can become a strength, um, it's amazing, you know, what can happen there. And, and I think, you know, some of that's uh, no different than any type of business, if you will, right? A, a business strategy, right? What product mm-hmm. line or what can we invest in that's going to generate the, the greatest return on our investment? And I think our schools have been uh, very savvy in that regard to, to find niches that work for them with their climates, uh, with their geography, uh, with their population bases that make a lot of sense in order to um, be able to not only just have a program, but to be nationally competitive on a regular basis. Yeah, it definitely helps pose them for the skiing program that they have Bridger right outside their door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great built-in advantage, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so pretty, that's a pretty good recruiting pitch if you're the skiing coach. Oh, for sure. For sure. So when you're looking at individual national awards, you know, such as the Walter Payton award, things like that, the conference was pretty successful. What does that mean to the conference? I had the pleasure of attending uh, the banquet where uh, Eric Berrier, the graduating quarterback from Eastern Washington was awarded the Walter Payton award. And if, if I could, I don't want to speak for him or his family, but the, the emotion that, that he and his mother and other relatives there had clearly indicated that it, it meant a lot to him and them. Uh, and I want to make sure, you know, to highlight him and his amazing career first kind of in this answer, because uh, one could easily make the argument that that should not have been the first time he won that award. Uh, he was an unbelievable player and uh, afterward, I was congratulating him and, and told him how much he deserved that and was really glad to see him get the recognition that, that he had earned. Uh, and he said, well, I'm, I'm glad that I, I won't be forgotten now. Uh, and I told him that there's no way anybody was going to forget him other than uh, probably the opposing coaches and defensive coordinators would really like to. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it that award, right? I mean, you know, that's that's the most prestigious award in FCS football. And, you know, in our office, we have the Walter Payton bus for each of the award winners that we've had. So, you know, the Big Sky has a long legacy of winning that award. Uh, Eastern Washington now has a, a really great tradition of having done that four times, I believe, in, in, in fairly recent history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it just shows that our players, you know, are, are at an elite level for FCS. And that's part of what, what we talk about from our commissioner, Tom Wistersill on down is that, you know, we, we want to be, we believe we are, we aspire to be the preeminent FCS conference in the country. And part of that, you know, is certainly where you stack up in some of these things where, where you get ranked nationally or compared uh, nationally to, to everyone else in the country. So whether it's, you know, winning that award or, or having two of the three finalists for the Buck Buchanan Award this year mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, having uh, a number of players won that in recent history as well to, you know, coach of the year a couple of years ago with Troy Taylor and so on and so forth. You know, in, in football, I think it's fair to say that's the sport for which we're best known. So part of continuing to 
build and perpetuate that brand is to, you know, see those type of results and, and have those type of bragging points in our back pocket. No, for sure. So you mentioned that you kind of look at rankings and stuff like that. How much do you look at rankings and how important was it to have five teams in the playoffs this year and four of them were seeded? Well, we, we certainly understand and respect, you know, all kinds of the, the rankings and there are so many different metrics that, you know, it's important we keep tabs on, but at the same time, you don't want to tie your identity entirely to them um, for something that, you know, is, is kind of voted on, you know, across the, the country. And um, there's a lot of subjectivity involved uh, inherently in, in any type of poll. But, you know, the, the second point you made, Mitch, I think there was a really important one. Uh, it's really important to us of how many teams we get in the FCS playoffs. And that's something we absolutely are tracking on and continuing to try to figure out how we elevate that. And we're going through a strategic planning exercise right now, and we're doing it conference-wide and looking at not just the conference, but each individual sport, each of the, the 16 sports that the Big Sky sponsors. And we've tasked the head coaches in each sport to provide significant feedback about the plan and what uh, we can do and, and I'm going to say this in the broader terms, because again, it's not football specific because we've asked each coaching group from mm-hmm. cross country to softball, <laughs> to track and field, to basketball, to football, soccer, and, and golf and tennis and, and so on, you know, what can we do to continue to get more teams in your respective NCAA championship? And what can we do to help best position them to not only qualify for it or be selected for it, but to advance further in it. So, you know, we're, we're looking at everything from how we schedule to what budgets there are to um, recruiting initiatives and staffing. Uh, you know, there's certainly a number of factors that can contribute to the success of a program. And, you know, on the football front, we want to continue to ensure we have as many teams as possible in the field and getting five in, you know, for the first time was certainly uh, we're something we're very proud of. Uh, we had four teams seated a couple of years ago, and that was the first time any conference had had four seated teams in the same year. And so to get five in this past year's field uh, was another flag that we can fly about the strength and the depth of Big Sky football. And, you know, we believe that top to bottom, we are the deepest FCS conference. And when you have the numbers like that to back it up, I think you can make a a pretty compelling case, especially when you look over recent history and see how many different of different programs in the big sky have qualified for the FCS playoffs. Uh, You know, we're in the double digits here in the last five, six years. So uh, there's, there's a lot of depth in the league, which makes for great football. Oh, definitely. And it's not like it's the same teams. I mean, you do have Eastern Washington that makes it in a lot. Montana state as of late have made it in a lot. U of M always makes it in. But then you have teams like Sac State that have made it in recently. Weber State has made it in recently. It's kind of cool to see other teams make it in too. Well, you know, it's funny because whenever we create schedules and we uh, just released over the summer, the 22 through 24, 2022 through 2024 schedules, uh, we'll soon be releasing the 2025 through 2027 football schedules as well. And 
you know, we'll have 12 teams in our conference. So, you know, and we play eight conference games. So that means of the, you know, 11 other opponents, there are three you won't play in a given year. Right. Now we've, we've worked it out so that you'll never go more than one year without playing a team. Um, so I, I think we're going to do as well as we possibly can in rotating it around to make sure you play everybody. And that's one of the priorities we had in scheduling was how do we make sure that for a four-year football student athlete that he competes against every team at home and on the road? We wanted that to happen at least once uh, in someone's career, and, and that will be possible here moving forward, starting with the 22 schedule. But the, the point I was going to make about the schedules is coaches and administrators and fans and media naturally go to, okay, who are you playing? What were their records last year? Mm -hmm. Right. And which teams didn't you get? Did you get an easy schedule or did you get a hard schedule? And, you know, a, a few years ago, if everybody had the choice, Sacramento State probably <laughs> would have been high up on the list, given the fact they didn't win a conference game. Right. Troy Taylor comes in, turns that program around uh, and all of a sudden they're in the FCS playoffs in a seeded team. And I don't think anybody's making that same argument anymore. And that was just one year <laughs> difference. So. For us, you know, as I was saying, we're scheduling out six years from now. I don't, we, we do not get in the uh, prognostication business in the conference office to trying to predict who's going to be good or not. Um, and I think you can say that about any program uh, in the big sky because they, they all have a ton of potential. There's a lot of history and tradition, and there's a commitment and investment in it. And we've had a number of coaches come in and, and do incredible rebuilding jobs. I mentioned Troy, you mentioned Weaver and what Jay Hill's done there has been mm -hmm. phenomenal to have at least a share of four consecutive big sky conference crowns, uh, you know, is a outstanding achievement. And, you know, then we certainly have some mainstays there, the Aaron Bess and the Bobby Hawks that, um, you know, have done their part. And, you know, I mean, Brent Vegan and you're one to I mean, the Bobcats were already good, certainly, but to, to even elevate that to take them to the national championship for the first time in uh, 38 years, you know, just speaks volumes about what our, our programs are capable of. And, you know, I, I know we've got a few others chomping at the bit to uh, try to make sure that they're uh, returning to the FCS playoff soon. Yeah, you know, a program I'm really excited to watch is Northern Colorado with the McCaffrey family down there. That'll be fun to watch here in the next few years. Yeah, you know, Ed did a terrific job in their their year. And, and when you think about the situation that he took over, and then before he can coach a game, COVID hits. So he went nearly two years being the head coach without coaching a game. I think it was like <laughs> 21 months, uh, nearly to the day that he was the head coach, but did not get to coach a game because of COVID. So you know, they, they showed a lot of promise and progress, uh, in year one. And, you know, his name certainly resonates in the Denver and Colorado communities. And, you know, his family's name certainly resonates across college and all levels of football, quite frankly. So it will be exciting, uh, very intriguing to see what, what he's able to accomplish in Greeley. For sure. Definitely. So this year, the big sky kind of has a cool thing where they have a partnership with ESPN plus. What is it meant to have that for the individual schools and the athletes? Well, that's something that we've been working on for a couple of years, and we were really proud to roll out that when uh, we came to terms with ESPN to be, you know, the primary home for 
uh, fans to consume Big Sky content. We look at it in a, in a number of ways, right? You're, you are the company that you keep in, in large part. And so to be partnered, to be arm in arm with what, you know, they used to use that, that tagline, the worldwide leader in college sports, but certainly um, the first place, I think it's fair to say, people think of, uh, you know, if they're going to want to consume sports content right. and how viewing habits have changed, you know, in the last six, 12 months, much less, you know, even before that uh, really indicates, right. This is, I think, where people are going. This is how we're, we're going to be consuming content in the future and to have the big sky there with a number of other power conferences and other conferences you know, not only is it great for our fans because there's that brand awareness, there's already a built-in audience of people who had ESPN Plus. Mm. Uh, and if they didn't, there's such a great deal with the bundle with Hulu and Disney Plus that uh, I think there's tremendous value as a consumer. And I say that not only as a, a sports fan, but as a, a father of four and knowing <laughs> how much Disney Plus gets used in our household. So I think there's there's a lot there to offer, but when you have just a casual sports fan, or a college football or basketball or softball or soccer or volleyball fan, you know, to name the sports that that we stream all games for, mm -hmm. going there and they want to watch a game and the Big Sky being part of that menu, uh, you know, whenever we've got a game on, I think is there's a lot of value to that. And again, a lot of what we think about and what we heard and talking to our coaches, and we had a lot of conversations with them about this, is that from a recruiting standpoint, this matters. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the athletes want to know, uh, but just as much the parents and their families want to know, you know, am I going to be able, if I, if I send my daughter or son to play for you and I can't come to the game or I, you know, or it's a far distance that I'm not going to be able to regularly attend home games, you know. How would I be able to watch them compete? And I think we've got a pretty easy answer for them. And, you know, Mitch, the other part of this that has meant a lot is opening some more doors for us on the linear side of things with ESPN. And, you know, this past football season, we had two regular season games on national television, including right. the Eastern Washington Montana game that was moved up to ESPN two on a, Saturday night and uh, did tremendous ratings wise. And both teams showed up to play, went down to literally the last play of the game. I mean, outstanding game, obviously two teams that made the FCS playoffs had a rematch in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, they, they put on a show for a national audience and, you know, again, that just helps build the brand of big sky football. Definitely. So now I want to kind of move more into basketball. Uh, we're coming into yet another competitive years on the boys and girls side. You know, on the boys side, you have MSU, U of M, Southern Utah, Weber, and a lot of other teams. And then on the girls side, Idaho State is kind of separating themselves, but there are other teams still there. Um, how excited are you to have all of this competitive play leading into the Big Sky Tournament? Well, I think you you hit the nail on the head of what we've seen so far, Mitch, because there, there's a significant amount of depth for both the women and the men. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I like turning on my Apple TV and putting four games up, you know, when you can do that quad box at one time and checking out what's happening. Uh, and, you know, we're not lacking for action or a number of good games when that's going on. 
And, you know, the depth that we're seeing right now, I think is only going to bode well for how competitive uh, and compelling our tournament in Boise will be in March. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that we've worked really hard to kind of build the brand for. And, you know, we've identified Boise. We signed a a five-year extension with them last March. So we're entering the the first of five years. We'll be there for a while. You know, Boise is a great home. It's a terrific city. It's so walkable and easy for a fan that, you know, we've got five hotels where our teams stay all within a half mile or closer to the arena. All are walkable to the arena. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everywhere in between those hotels in the arena are restaurants and bars. So if you're a fan, once you get to Boise, you don't need a car and you can just come to a game and and go out to eat and come back to a game or go back to your hotel room before sessions. And it's super convenient and really want to encourage uh, all big sky fans to try it out. If you haven't been, because again, it's a, it's a wonderful city uh, and it's a great event. And to your point with the question, it's going to be really competitive basketball. So to have the chance to watch what'll be 20 games over the course of six days there in March, you know, if you enjoy hoops, I can't think of anything better than that. For sure. So a little bit of a selfish question here would after this contract in Boise, do you ever see maybe like Billings, Montana being a consideration for the big sky tournament? You know, it's hard to project out that far. I mean, we did an open RFP and we talked to a number of cities, uh, including Billings, when we were going through this process. You know, there's obviously a, a whole host of criteria, right, that need to be met. And, you know, how many schools uh, are drivable? How easy is it to fly into there? Because, you know, as we know with our footprint, you know, not everybody's just hopping on a bus to get to a game or to a tournament. So right. we, we are mindful of that, certainly where there's a population base of, uh, you know, as many of our schools as possible, a built in audience that already lives there is certainly an important factor. And, you know, the quality of the, the arena and the hotels and, uh, you know, what package they're willing to put together to uh, make it compelling for us. You know, there was a study done after the 2019 tournament in Boise and the economic impact that our tournament had directly and indirectly was somewhere in the neighborhood of $10 million. So it's a big time event that, you know, is generating a lot of commerce, a lot of tourism, uh, and uh, just a lot of opportunities for uh, cities and states and businesses to, um, you know, really take advantage of dedicated fan bases, teams that that travel well and, you know, a tournament format that has teams staying for uh, multiple days because they arrive, you know, not just the night before they play and obviously they're staying as long as they're uh, alive in the tournament. So, right. you know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there and, and um, we feel really good about, you know, how we were trying to, you know, appropriately leverage that, but make sure also that it's a dedicated partner who wants us there um, and who understands what we're about. And it's something that we can continue to build and grow. You know, we want to sell out our venue. That's our goal to, to continue to have more and more fans attend and, you know, Boise and the people there from those at Idaho central arena to the visitor and convention bureau to tourism departments, to, uh, officials in the governor's and mayor's offices and, and so on down the line, um, 
just the downtown Boise Association, I could keep going on and on, all really came together and, and they all um, have really demonstrated to us, you know, that they not only want us there, but they want to be good partners and helping us be as successful as we can be here in Boise. So that's really important. So it's no, no disrespect to Billings or anywhere else. Uh, but, you know, when we look at the totality of all of that and, you know, wanting to kind of identify a home and, you know, the, the best way to kind of build a fan base uh, for something like this, where, where there hasn't been one and hasn't had to be one in fairness, because for so long it was played on campuses. Mm -hmm. But the best way to do that is some continuity and where you're playing so that there's the, the consistency and people knowing this is where it's going to be and how to get there. And, and they experience it and are familiar with it. Uh, and then hopefully it becomes part of their March routine. Well, yeah. And Boise is pretty centrally located for everybody. So it definitely makes sense to have it there for sure. Definitely. So in March Madness, there's these play-in games for some seeded teams. It's kind of odd, but are you in, are you an advocate for the playoff games in March Madness? The first four uh, actually yeah. was just added. You know, it's been in existence for the men for a number of years. The women will be doing it for the first time this March as well. Really? So, yeah, they're, they're expanding the women's field to 68, something that was long overdue, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, we're glad to see it happening. And, you know, I would say that we want to make sure that we're providing uh, every conference um, the opportunity to compete in the NCAA tournament. To me, that um, is just a basic tenet of what uh, all of us know and love about college sports. And March Madness, more than anything else, has brought that to light um, for the chance of David to go against Goliath. <laughs> so it's important that we continue to ensure that there are opportunities for every conference to be represented in the tournament, you know, and there's a number of ways of doing it. And whether, you know, when the field expanded from 64 to 68, uh, you know, obviously they wanted to make sure that there were more at large spots when another conference was added. So, you know, that's, that's the way that process played out. I think the NCAA uh, has done a great job. Dayton is a terrific host for that event. I mean, the, the building always, Mm -hmm. uh, is packed and the fact that they're eager to host it and centrally located in the country uh, and, and have a strong basketball following, I think makes it a, a good spot for where the first four has been on the men's side. For sure. So the big sky is a mid-major conference in basketball, which is kind of crazy considering we're FCS in football, but anyway, we're mid-major in basketball. And do you, feel like it's more important to get into the big dance and play one game where you're probably going to play like Kansas or Gonzaga and just get completely creamed to be honest or play in the NIT where you're possibly going to get more than one game and maybe even a home game. Well, I'd defer to our, our student athletes and coaches on what they thought uh, about that. But what I would tell you is, you know, based on what I've heard from them, you know, they want that opportunity. I remember, you know, talking with Shantae Leggins, uh, formerly the head coach at Eastern Washington, now at the University of Portland, you know, before they played Kansas. And, you know, he and his coaching staff and players were chomping at the bit and they gave Kansas everything it could handle. They did. And unfortunately, you know, fell just a little short at the end. But I mean, uh, not before the entire nation was tuning in to see if the Eagles were going to pull up the pull off the upset. Yeah. So. 
to never have that opportunity, I think that would be a shame. I certainly hear your point, and yeah, you might have a chance of going further in the bracket, um, you know, in an NIT. Um, I think one of the things, as I mentioned with our strategic plan, we're talking about is how do we continue to improve what seed our teams are in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament? Because certainly that's going to have a direct impact on the level of competition you face. You know, being a 15 seed and playing a two seed, that's one of the top eight teams in the country uh, versus if you can get up to a 13 or 12 and all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, teams 13 through 20 in the nation, that can be a pretty big difference there. So, you know, that's something that we'll continue to focus on and find ways to um, work within, you know, all the various parameters we have, whether it's our schedule um, or encouraging teams with their non-conference schedules, uh, as well as, you know, other ways where we can help support our basketball programs so that they will have the, the best chance possible when they enter uh, the NCAA tournaments in March. For sure. So a big thing that's happened in the NCAA is the NIL, the name, image, and likeness. Have you seen Big Sky athletes benefit from that at all in the last year? We have. Yeah, there's a number of athletes who have uh, deals for their name, image, and likeness. They're being monetized for it. Um, you know, our conference is very supportive of this. Certainly, it's something I think that also was long overdue, and uh, we're glad to see it in effect. We were, I believe, the second conference in the country to enter in a partnership with a company called Influencer. And, you know, they are the industry leader in helping support both the athletes and their athletic departments in how to monetize and monitor NIL. So it's a, an app that allows everyone to um, provide support to them in a number of ways one of which is that we're able to share content, namely photos with the athletes so that they can use that um, as part of building their brand. And, you know, great photography goes a long way with athletes in, in what they do in building their social media following, which in turn, of course, then uh, helps lead to endorsements based on the number of people that they're able to reach. Mm-hmm. But this app also allows for a, a marketplace, if you will, where businesses can connect with the athletes. So it, it provides a service where uh, it's a way for those connections to be made in a more efficient manner. And then thirdly, the athletic departments are able to see what activity is happening just to make sure that it abides by their own individual policies. You know, different schools are able to um, have different rules regarding, you know, what they will or will not allow uh, one of their athletes to endorse uh, so that it, it just, while it's not asking for permission, because that's uh, not part of the requirement, um, there are different state laws as well. And given the fact mm-hmm. we have schools in eight different states, you know, that can come in pretty handy for our institutions to be able to see and monitor that activity. So uh, they have a good grasp of what's going on with their athletes. For sure. I mean, I know MSU has ran with touchdown Tommy <laughs> with the NIL. There's a bunch of shirts and everything going uh, around. Uh, touchdown unintended Tommy. there. Ran ran with touchdown Tommy, right? Unintended, I guess. Yeah. Not really. I didn't even mean that, but yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. So another thing that's kind of happened to the NCAA recently is the transfer portal. How do you see that helping the big sky with players coming down and then also maybe hurting the big sky with people that have signed with the big sky going down or up. 
Well, I think we're all uh, still trying to understand all of the, the ramifications of the new transfer legislation. You know, I mean, it's something that, that student athletes want and they'll have that opportunity to utilize it. You know, like you said, Mitch, it certainly could work um, both ways. And, uh, you know, at the, at the same time for a team, right, of, of new players coming in and, and some old ones leaving. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that flexibility has been desired by the athletes. And so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and how many of them do. You know, we encourage them uh, certainly to just make sure they're making wise uh, and well thought out choices. You know, you don't, you don't want this to be something hasty and uh, especially where I personally get concerned the most is if someone's on a scholarship and they announce they declare that they're going to enter the transfer portal. I, I sure hope they're able to land a scholarship on the other side, or at least had planned on that not being a possibility. And there have been some instances around college athletics um, where that's been the case that when the music stopped, there hasn't been a chair available. Uh, and that certainly, you know, is a shame, but, you know, in general, you know, we're very supportive of, you know, athletes um, trying to, find the situation that's best for them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think our, our schools have a lot to offer. And I think this is another important reminder to coaches, to administrators, to conference officials um, that we, we need to do everything we can to make sure student athletes having a great experience, that mm-hmm. we walk our talk in that regard. And that's something that, you know, we hold near and dear as one of our values that's going to be very important uh, that has been and will continue to be part of our mission of what we are here to do. And we have to, you know, do what, whatever we can uh, within our means to ensure we're providing that opportunity. And, you know, it's, as we were talking, right, there, there are wonderful places to go to school. So uh, I, I know that has a fair amount of value to the athletes and their families as well. Um, you know, but there, there's individual choices that, that anyone has to make of what's the right situation for them. So, uh, we just hope that, uh, their experience in the big sky has been great and wants, uh, that, that encourages them to continue to be part of the conference and that others from the outside are looking in and see it and say that, you know what, that's something I want to be a part of as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, one case that I can think of that they've done well in both cases is the Groves brothers. They did really well at Eastern Washington and now they're doing well at Oklahoma. How about them? Huh? That was unbelievable. Uh, What, you know, like we were talking about against the the game at Kansas. I mean, how that put Tanner and Jacob on the map and, you know, certainly uh, Oklahoma and playing in the big 12 is a, you know, a pretty neat, neat experience for them. And yeah, you know, they, they did terrific in the classroom. Uh, you know, both of them uh, were, were highly successful students at Eastern Washington and highly successful athletes. And they saw an opportunity that they thought was best for them. And I, I think um, reasonable minds would all agree. We want to congratulate them and see them continue to fare well. For sure. So you mentioned that the Grove brothers were great in the classroom. And I've seen the MSU's student athletes are really good in the classroom across the board. So what does it mean to have not only great athletes, but great students and people representing the big sky? Well, I think 
that matters more than anything. The last point you made, Mitch, right? Having great people. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, an entity, an organization, uh, you know, some would call it a, a business. I'll call it an enterprise, you know, that's about people. I mean, we're in the people development business. And certainly, yes, we want them to develop a better three-point shot or uh, curveball and softball or, uh, you know, cover two defense. But we want them to develop as leaders. We want them to develop as citizens. Uh, we want them to develop as advocates. We want them to develop as students. And we, we want them to develop and mature so that they'll go on after four years and spend the rest of their lives um, using the skills that they learned by being a college athlete to make a difference in their communities and with their families and with the companies they work for. And, you know, there are some things that you can learn in a classroom or by reading a book, um, but there's a number of things, some intangibles that by participating in the, the rigors of Division I college athletics, uh, there's a skill set there that is incredibly desired by uh, employers nowadays because they, they see people who are resilient and competitive, uh, are team-oriented, um, are resilient. You could go on and on about these traits that if you think about who is somebody you want working for or with you, you know, some of those, many of those that I just named are going to be high up on that list. So we want to make sure that, you know, we don't lose sight of the fact that, um, you know, these are people and, and they come in as uh, young women and men, um, you know, fresh out of high school, usually, and mm -hmm. that, you know, they're going to have a maturation process as we all did at that age. Right. Uh, and that, we want to make sure that the, the impact that this experience has on them makes them the better because of it. And, you know, that's, uh, I think, a noble part of what we do and something that with the wins and losses and, and dollar figures uh, and broadcasts that that can get lost on all of us. So it's incumbent on all of us to, you know, take a moment and, uh, yeah, you might get upset when your team loses, but uh, it, it wasn't for a lack of effort, right? You know, so that there's and and there'll be lessons learned, you know, from a loss and and facing that adversity that will make them a better person down the line because they'll have that experience and have uh, built that mental muscle. You know, they'll have developed that over time. So we're certainly aware of all the things we've talked about in this conversation, Mitch, and the impact it has on the brand and national success and um, being great students. And we mm -hmm. want to make sure we're continuing um, to aspire to as high as we possibly can get in, in all of those metrics and more. Uh, but we also don't want to lose sight of the fact that, you know, the impact that a coach um, certainly, and, and then to a, a broader uh, degree in athletic department, all the people in it and a conference office can have on student athletes uh, in many ways can be immeasurable, um, but certainly significant. Definitely. So my first love in sports is baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan. And I noticed that a lot of the California schools that we have in the big sky for football and basketball 
play baseball and I think it's the big West conference. You might, I might not be right there, but um, I think they play in the big West conference Has the big sky ever considered adding baseball as a sport. You know, I believe it was a big sky sport once upon a time. I don't know the year offhand, but uh, you know, as you know, there um, being from the Montana, it's a, it's a tough sport to play until we get to a certain point. I know that I know high school baseball just got uh, passed there in Montana. If I saw correctly. Did, yeah. the other day. Um, so, you know, never say never, but uh, we, we'd need a lot more domes in our league probably to, to make it work just with baseball, college baseball season starts in the middle of February, just to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, give you that vantage point. And, you know, we do have uh, a number of schools that play softball. Uh, they spend a, a significant part of the beginning of the season on the road, uh, other than Sacramento state to your point of, you know, our, our full-time California school, mm-hmm. our full-time member in California. So, you know, but each individual institution, you know, is responsible for their sports sponsorship portfolio and what they, they offer. And, you know, climate wise, it's certainly very difficult um, to, to pull off where many of our schools are located. Yeah, especially the two Montana schools being in Bozeman and Missoula, probably two of the coldest towns in Montana. <laughs> they get the most snow. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, um, I'm thinking about baseball the college baseball anyway using metal bats and uh you know yeah no that wouldn't know, if you work don't get it on the sweet great. part of the barrel there in, in some of these <laughs> climates that's that's going to be a stinger you'll feel for a while oh for sure definitely so southern utah and um und have either just or are recently leaving the big sky i guess is how i'm going to put this are there any plans to replace them and if so what are the requirements for a team you're looking to add so right now our membership has said that we're, we're happy where we are, that we'll have 10 full members moving forward and 12 for football. And, you know, we feel it's the, the right mix of institutions that the geography works. Um, certainly an even number is easier on a scheduling front. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, while we wish Southern Utah and, and previously North Dakota well, uh, you know, they made decisions they think are in their best interests and, you know, moving forward, we'll continue to assess this landscape. Uh, we spent a significant time at our fall meetings with not just our athletic directors, but all our university presidents reviewing uh, not only our footprint, but looking at the national landscape here and uh, all of the changes that seemingly are happening every day now across Division One. Mm-hmm. So, you know, certainly we'll continue to monitor that. Of course, we should. Um, that's just practical due diligence there. But, you know, as of right now, I think, you know, there's a, a really good mix of schools that are comfortable with where we are. Uh, so that's where we stand as of today. I mean, like a number of things, uh, you know, that could be subject to change, but I, I think our schools, um, you know, have great familiarity and comfort with each other. And we feel we can continue to be nationally competitive in a number of sports, the way we're structured and uh, you know, sometimes removing a trip makes things a little easier um, for budgets or, or other ways with travel. So, you know, there's a, a number of ways of looking at a situation like this. And, you know, right now, I think the big sky is comfortable with where we are in regards to our membership. Definitely. So my final question here is the big sky is a few pretty big time alumni in their 
ranks. You have Damian Lillard, who's playing in the NBA. You have Cooper Cup, Mark Mariani, and then you have Alex Singleton playing in the who either have played or are playing in the NFL. What does it mean to have them for the conference's prestige? In the oh, it's unbelievable, conference? isn't it? I mean, what Cooper Cup this season? My goodness! I mean, it's it's just awesome to see yeah. that. And you know, it's it's wonderful for you know him for Eastern Washington or Damian for for Weaver and Alex for Montana State and so on down the line. There, it's terrific for the big sky. I also think it's just in general wonderful for our level of college sports, whether it's FCS uh, or where we fit in the basketball landscape to show that, you know, you don't need to go to the program that's on TV every Mm -hmm. week or, you know, every time they play in order to reach those, your ultimate goals Mm -hmm. and that you can develop into a great player. Um, You certainly have an opportunity if you are one uh, probably to get even more minutes and, and, be noticed more than if you were to go to one of those more uh, televised teams uh, nationally. Um, But, you know, what, what you can do at this level, if you're a good player, I mean, think about how much these professional franchises, NFL, NBA, et cetera, invest, right? Like Mm -hmm. they, they have dozens of people that are evaluating, you know, you, you don't need to play, in the sec in football in order to be seen by a scout to show that you're draft worthy, right. That, that doesn't have to be the only place where you can be uh, mm-hmm. seen in order for that to happen, especially nowadays. So I think, you know, it's, it's a testament to obviously those incredibly talented players and what they've been able to accomplish in their careers. And, you know, when you talk to their coaches or people who are around their athletic departments, you know, they were like that when they were 18 years old, how competitive they were, how hard they worked. And they haven't mm-hmm. stopped doing that. And, uh, you know, we're tremendously proud of them and, and thrilled that, you know, their hard work and uh, the compound interest of all those uh, days sweating and, and getting after it is paying off for them in, in such an enormous way. For sure. So as you were talking, I came up with one more question, then I will let you go. What has the, I guess, um, I don't know, budding interest in Jackson State that's an FCS school done for the rest of the FCS? Yeah, uh, Coach Prime has uh, certainly turned a spotlight on his program and, and the FCS as well. You know, he won the, the Eddie Robinson Award for National Coach of the Year and uh, very deserving with uh, the turnaround he, job he did there in, in Jackson. Um, but, you know, again, just like we were talking about with uh, Ed McCaffrey in Northern Colorado, right? It's a, it's a way that demonstrates that at this level, um, you know, you can be coached by um, some players who have done it at the highest level that have Super Bowl rings and Pro Bowl appearances. Uh, and in uh, Coach Sanders' case, you know, a Hall of Fame bust mm-hmm. that, you know, that this level of college football is legitimate. Um, you know, back to the Cooper Cup point uh, and what some of our teams have accomplished. I mean, you know, again, it's a, another point, another feather in the FCS cap, if you will, to demonstrate uh, how competitive uh, this level is and how successful you can be at this level and beyond. So uh, we're, we're happy to see, you know, we were uh, kind of a leading player in developing 
uh, an FCS wide show that comes out each week, FCS all in uh, that airs on YouTube each week during the season that all of the FCS conferences contribute content for. And we want to continue telling that story because uh, while FCS football means an enormous amount in big sky country mm. in some other parts of the country, it doesn't receive quite that same level of recognition. So we want to shine that light brightly um, wherever we can to uh, make sure that that football fans know about FCS football and how great it is. For sure. Well, Hey Dan, thank you so much for your time and thank you for doing this. It's been great talking to you about big sky football and big sky sports in general. Well, I appreciate it, Mitch. Thanks for the questions and and the interest and uh, thanks for your support of the big sky. Of course. Have a great rest of your day. You too.